Mm-hmm. I've never seen the inside of your room, Sam. Is that your room? <laughs> you probably <gasps> you might have, but I I redid it, so it looks different. Oh, you might Wait, have seen but... it like in passing when you came over, where everyone else. Came. When did when did he come over? Was like it high we've school? we've had no like we've had like just our friend group over many times. Oh, Haven't you been over what, before? What up? What about what about prom? Oh, <laughs> oh! I heard we about this. Prom we we weren't even we weren't even the same prom car group. Wait, I don't was even it think prom? So. Homecoming. No. Winter ball is that what they call that, it? It was Homecoming. a winter That one. is what they call it. I was just talking about that with <laughs> my parents and Chris Ng over dinner. Like You're talking about ago. Chris. Oh, is that why you were late? <laughs> No, like like two <laughs> nights ago, he was over for dinner because he has no friends and he, he uh, wanted to come over and hang out with me. Oh, <laughs> fond memories. Yeah, <laughs> and that was not at, that was like at someone else's house. Yeah, I don't I don't even know Homecoming? if we went together, which is kind of the weird part. No, wait, we did. But what? you had a picture together. Yes, yeah. it's somewhere. Who has that still? It used to be on my fridge, but we got a new fridge, so. <laughs> I don't know what we did with it. In with the new wait, out wait with so the you old. threw everything on the fridge away. They changed the fridge while I was, when I was gone for school, so I don't know where it is anymore. That was so off topic. Oh, Free thoughts. We love free thoughts on this podcast. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, Sam, you wanna you wanna you wanna tell us about a little bit about yourself, and you know, just just some quick fun facts for uh, our listeners. Sure. Um, I'm Sam, and I went to Cal Poly with Ooh. these three here, and let's see. Oh yes, Nate and I are in the same class, but we I, we graduated one year before you guys, right, Edwin and Krista? Yes, mm-hmm. I lost track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sense of time is like not working. And then, oh, I studied food science, um, and I never wanted a job in food science <laughs> because you'd end up in a lab, which I didn't want to do. Um, but then after graduating, I've always wanted to be like a pastry chef. Mm. Um, but then after graduating. I was like really inspired to like take my time and not rush into the career. So I spent a year being a barista in the city and that was pretty fun. It was really fun. What city? Um, in what do you mean? It's, it's the city. The oh. city. The yeah. city. Oh, sorry. The city. I mean, there's a city. I mean, no, no, you no. outed yourself, Edwin. So, you're you're obviously city. not from the Bay. There's only I'm really not. there's only yeah. one city really and not. it's the city. I'm sorry. I mean, I love the Bay Area. Don't get me wrong. Like, great place, but there are. I will stop talking. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a fun year, and then after that, I jumped into uh, full time pastry. So since graduating, I yeah spent that one year as a barista, and then I spent another year at a what I consider a fancy restaurant, uh, but then COVID hit and then we all lost our jobs. And then now I'm doing a different pastry job. So that's me. And then I also, I was living with uh, three of my closest friends from Slow here in the Bay. One of them being Edwin's fiance, <laughs> Emilio. I call her Emilio. <laughs> Um, but then they all moved to LA and then I moved home when they all moved back mm-hmm. too. So I'm living home temporarily right now. Yeah. Is that enough about me? Did that, does that give people? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't caught up with you, Sam in a while, but how, how has this um, pandemic been for you this year overall? How has it been for your career, your relationship with your parents? How has it been? Um, overall, it's been, it was actually good, because I think I was really tired at my, at my job at the restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it was, it was just a hard job. 
because working in a restaurant is really hard. And I have like a lot of respect for people who work in restaurants. Um, It's just a lot of work. And it's like a lot of, it's a lot of work for not a lot of pay. And I was, it it would be like really long hours for me. And I was also like an hour commute there and an hour commute home every day. So I'd probably leave my place at like 9am and then get back home at around, I usually get off at like, uh like 7 seven thirty eight or something and I'd get home at like nine like eight or nine so it was like it, it was tiring I loved what I did and I was learning so much but it was also mm-hmm. tiring so I was honestly glad like when the pandemic was like hitting the bay area um I was like counting down the days till I got the email of our oh <laughs> and it's really bad <laughs> okay but to be fair like when I was thinking that I was not thinking we would shut down for like a year. I was just thinking like, Oh, we'll shut down mm-hmm. for like, a, like, you know, a few weeks to a month. And I was like, yes, I'm ready for this break. Um, so it was actually nice to be able to like take a sabbatical. It's not really a sabbatical. It's basically just time off, but then First I had unemployment insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh okay. yeah. But unemployment insurance, unemployment insurance, like, um, you know came in real handy so that's why I was I was able to like kind of really enjoy like the time off without like stressing too much about finances so it was good um and then I mean I don't think it was like neither really good or really bad that like I lost that job because like I have another job now that's also really good Mm -hmm. um so, I mean, yeah, it definitely changed things for sure. But I don't think it was necessarily, like, horrible for me or, like, all amazing either. Um, yeah. But basically, I mean, our restaurant shut down and we all got furloughed. But then I think, like, a month into it, we all got laid off. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had to make the decision. Like, when I got offered this new job, I was, like, I had to decide if I wanted to wait around for my old job to like take me back or should I like take this new job? Um, But yeah, no regrets, (laughs) at least yet. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys talked about the pandemic yet and like how it affected your job? You probably did. Uh, Briefly, but I guess not too much. Not too much. Um, I mean, Nate, you want to, you want to let us, you want to give us a little bit of how your an update, update on your career <laughs> search oh i was like the pandemic I like, I don't or know. how has the pandemic affected <laughs> that yes, give I us mean. the update nate <laughs> an update on my job situation right yeah yeah yes. okay and, and how the yeah. pandemic yeah. may Anything. have affected it or or not at all mm. um I think it, I mean, it definitely has. I mean, just looking through a jo- available job listings, like it's even smaller than it was a year ago. I think between when COVID started and now, I think I applied for like two jobs that that like actually fit my entry level position, like something that wasn't looking for like eight years of experience <laughs> and like, you know, 10 years of the software that only existed for five <laughs> years, you know, yeah, you know how it is and stuff like that. <laughs> So, I mean, it's definitely harder, but also kind of not stressing about it too much because I'm very fortunate and blessed to be in a situation where I don't have to be working right away. I'm still able to do all the things I like to do and just kind of hang around and, you know, apply where I can and whatnot. So it's been good. It's been as good as it gets. That's good. That sounds good. What about you guys? Well, we were talking before we recorded. Working from home. And y'all love being able to stay home. Well, <laughs> go ahead, <Yeah>. Clarissa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Edwin, uh, Edwin and I are in the same industry. So I think yeah, it is really interesting talking with like you, Sam, like with um, you're in a different industry than we are with the food industry. But for the industry that Edwin and I are in, it's like more like a financial accounting firm. And so we can do all of our work from home. So we I've learned that my work is never really needed in the office. And I'm actually so okay with that. And I am in no rush of going back to the office. 
Um, the only ways it's like affected work really is just like those day-to-day interactions that I miss. But you see, Edwin, Edwin was telling me since like a long time ago that working from home is so great. And now I really understand what he means by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we're, yeah, we're just in such different industries um, compared to yours, Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. But our, our job, I feel like our jobs are we're not like we're, what is that term we're not uh we're not essential at the end of the day so to be honest like we're not like people will always need mm. to eat so you know food is yeah a must but i think in terms of what mm-hmm. we do is it's uh, not 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 life or death so we're very blessed and lucky to be able to work in um at least the method we are working from home and uh definitely very thankful and lucky for you know our opportunities yeah or at least for me i've i've it's been picking up i feel like um with my work has gotten a lot more busy uh we have more uh business i mean it just feels like the economy is picking up in pockets um not entirely like yeah so like obviously in different states it's more strict with stuff um, but in other states, it's not as strict. So I feel like there are a lot of businesses that are actually open and running um, with COVID precautions, but they're they're like opening and they're ready to go uh, with just a lot of changes, of course. And um, but I feel like at least for my at my work, Clarissa, I don't know about yours, but there's definitely been more work. I, I feel it, um, and it's I think it's good for the economy um, and and good good for the company, of course. <laughs> you know, you always want yeah, like no one ever wants to get furloughed or fired. Um, but sometimes those things also aren't in your control. So you can only like do your best and, you know, that that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point, Edwin, about like the essential workers thing. Sam, I would you consider yourself like an essential worker because um, you work in the food industry? I mean... I mean, I think I officially probably classify as one, but I think when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, like doing pastries, like is not really essential. <laughs> like people don't really need dessert. <laughs> like I think there are no, way more, like, even more essential workers. <laughs> um, I think there are even more essential workers than what I do. But I mean, I think I'm leaning towards the essential side. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sure. Was it hard to make that decision? Because like, you were moved back home and I know for a lot of like for me at least I like living I'm living at home too now so like going into work what something I'm taking into consideration is like um their health and safety too was it a hard decision for you to decide to like take a a new job and knowing that you'd have to go in every day I actually I mean that's kind of bad (laughs) I just really (laughs) think about that I mean, like, that's not, that wasn't at the forefront of my consideration. What was the forefront of your consideration? Like, yeah, what was, what was at the forefront? <laughs> I'm curious now. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I still care. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I also, <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, it's like my, my, my mom goes to Chinatown every week to still visit her mom, mm. like my grandma. Yeah. And then, like, um, my sister hangs out with her social bubble of friends. Mm. So it's like, I knew I wasn't the only one, mm-hmm. like, exposing everybody. So, I mean, that's why it sounded a lot worse <laughs> at first. <laughs> Good explanation. I think what I was mainly, <laughs> what I was mainly considering was whether or not I wanted to give up my old mm. job. Because I, I, when I took that job, um, I knew it would be really challenging, but I knew I would learn a lot. And I honestly felt like I hadn't, followed through on the things that I said I wanted to learn there yet like I only had like maybe I don't even know how long like maybe like half a year I think I only had half a year there or something like that and there were a lot of things that like I had promised my team and my pastry chef that I wanted to grow in and there was a lot of things that they promised me and a lot of it was like not finished yet Mm. so I mean I had always intended to go back and I wasn't done but, you know, I, in deciding, I like text or I, I emailed my, my chef asking like what their potential plans were, if they were ever opening like anytime soon, yeah. but they honestly were not. So I wasn't gonna, 
So it was more like considering that, mm. like, do I want to move? Cause, cause you know, there was always a chance that I was going to take this new job and then like, Oh, like, like something happens with the pandemic and then like, we're able to open again and they wanted to hire me again, like one month later, like that could have happened. So that, that was like mainly what I was considering. Mm. It reminds me of like the opportunity cost that I learned in <laughs> economics. Like what has, what has the most cost, even though both are like good decisions or good options. It's like, where would yeah which opportunity would would get you help you move forward in your career more in a way and which one would like keep you waiting that makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah definitely. i paid attention to that part of econ <laughs> i think that's like the one of There's the like only else. things i remember from econ <laughs> and return on investment <laughs> I love- those two things <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember learning about the uh, income inequality majors. gap, Calissa, in our wonderful Econ 304 class? You don't remember uh, it at all. Huh? I, I, now that, that, now that rings a bell. That's a great, that was a great class. <laughs> I'm not even, that was one of my favorite Econ classes. Mm. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Nate, are you always like this? <laughs> Hmm? do you like chill and listen <laughs> a lot uh, i don't know it's gonna sound bad either way either answer i give you if i say no it's just because you're here or <laughs> yes i'm always like that i feel like that are good answers <laughs> so the answer is yeah, fair enough maybe <laughs> great no i'm not but i mean we can get into it now yeah you want to lead us yeah. there lead us there um <laughs> sure i guess officially welcome to almost always podcast we are back for another episode here with sam after her little intro and today we're going to be doing something a little different it's going to be more of a discussion between the four of us um we were trying to come up with like some fun topics to talk about that are kind of informative kind of fun maybe a little goofy maybe a little serious and we came up with the topic of defining moments right yeah okay yeah <laughs> just in case i mix up episodes but yeah so what we're all gonna do is kind of just go around and talk about defining moments in our lives and that could be like things that are really big things that are really small but just things that we remember that kind of shaped us to be who we are today in ways that are big or small and yeah it'd just be something fun and hope you guys kind of enjoy listening along to us and you know, maybe learn something new about us that, you know, even people, even um, we like don't know about the other person that came out weird. Okay. Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you want to, you want to start off? Yeah. Honored guests go first. Sure. I, can go first. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't actually think about this until like before we started recording, <laughs> but um, the one that I thought about a defining moment was actually in my year of being a barista um, because um, the cafe that I was a barista at was in like, it was in the Mission District of San Francisco. And if for those of you that don't know, the Mission District is like, I mean, I mean, it's really diverse. And it's also like, um, I don't know, it's just like in the heart of San Francisco. And it's like pretty diverse. and it's not I mean there's other districts in San Francisco that are like a lot more Asian Mm -hmm. but the mission district is I think it's a lot more diverse I mean like because you have like the sunset district you have Chinatown and all those other places but um the reason why that was a defining time for me was because I think it was the first time I was exposed to like so many different people uh I mean so many people who were so different than me um yet I was able to really get to know them and like get along with them for the first time uh and to give some context I grew up like I mean I grew up pretty sheltered I went to like a Chinese Christian private school so (laughs) and then after that Uh, after that, I went to Mills with Nate, Ooh, Mills. and Mills was like all Asians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the amount of spirit I had yeah. too. But we had like one 
we had one black guy in our graduate class and that was it. And it, like, it was pro probably like 90% Asian or something like that. Um, and then I went to college and then I was part of Epic, which is where I met all mm -hmm. these people. Woo, Epic! Uh, or I met Clarissa and Edwin. Yeah, another Asian American ministry. And so like my whole life was just surrounded by like Asians yeah. and Asian Americans. And a lot of being surrounded by Christians too. Um, and then in that year, it's like, I, it was me and one other Asian girl that were on the team and the rest of them were so different than me. Like they mm -hmm. were, I worked with, um, people in the LGBTQ community. I worked with people who were from like a, lo a lot of immigrants, like from Mexico and from one of my friends, she was from the other Asian one. She was from, uh, Tibet, I think. And then um, just a lot of different like cultures and ethnicities all in one team. And it was really cool because, I mean, we were all similar in age, but it was the first time I had interacted like so frequently with people who were, you know, not Asian and not Christian. And mm. it was awesome because it kind of opened my eyes to like all the relationships that could be built despite your differences. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really like that. I feel like before that, I was mostly comfortable with Asians. I don't know that, but yeah. Mm. I have a, a follow up question. Um, do you do yeah. you feel like it's bad to be surrounded by Asians all the time? Like for people who mm. who just prefer it, you know, they have a, like a preference of like the type of people that they like to hang out with, or do you feel like? Mm -hmm. everyone should be encouraged to like expand their bubble. I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing to mainly hang out with people that you're comfortable with, but I feel like it's also a good thing to expand your bubble whenever you can like to challenge yourself and not like just stay where you're mm -hmm. comfortable because I mean, I feel like, I mean, just, especially in the midst of this whole, like, um, like black lives matter, movement mm -hmm. and like everything that's been happening in the pandemic I feel like we've realized or at least I've realized how much more important it is to like not just have friends that are like you but like to have friends who are different than you so that you understand different cultures yeah and yeah I mean I feel like it's a good thing to like expand mm -hmm. your your I don't know yeah your scope your vision I don't know your yeah 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 I don't know what do you guys think yeah, I mean, I think um, I think I've probably told this story before, but it's like I think it's a matter of time until you realize that not everybody is like you, and you're gonna have to be able to learn and like grow and challenge yourself in that aspect. Because I feel like, mm, at least like yeah. with my experience, um, like there is like some other Asian people uh, that I've worked with, and like they've never experienced like other cultures and they only stick with each other and then they get very like aggressive towards other mm -hmm. cultures and like i don't know it's like i think it's okay when like we stick together but also like you can't you can't like what you know is probably not all the end all be all because just yeah like it's just like mm -hmm. you're never gonna be able to experience like or even learn like what it means to be or how another person has like been brought up differently than you like if you if you only hang out with asians i don't know because i think mm -hmm. once you start like mm -hmm. not experience not experiencing the real world but once you start meeting many people that have different backgrounds and cultures and ethnicities and you're not ready to interact it might it might not be the most like appropriate mm -hmm. um interaction or you know it's just not like it's not it's not like a very mature thing to like block out I think other people just because mm -hmm. they're different than you or maybe it's out of fear you know I, and I feel like that's even worse because then like then maybe they'll live their whole lives only hanging out with like Asians or like whatever whoever they grew up with and never really experienced like another person's culture or even learn about it but I feel like a lot of people are changing in mm -hmm. that too like growing in that because of you know what has been happening but I definitely think I definitely think it's a it's mm -hmm. a good thing to branch out because how can you 
I don't know. There's just so many experiences out there in this world, and there's no way that you can know everything. Even even people that have like many different types of friends, like you're never gonna be like done experiencing like other cultures. Like there's mm-hmm. just that's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And I was also thinking when you were talking, like it's a privilege to live in a country where we can meet different people. Like, because I, I was just thinking about like our parents, they probably didn't really have an. I mean, my parents at least they probably didn't have much of an opportunity to meet right people with different cultures. So it's, I don't know, yeah. it's a privilege too. I definitely see like the draw. Why why people who are like minded love to be around each other. That's why like, we see like in even in San Francisco, there's like Chinatown and then Japantown and the Castro, and then just like people who are like minded yeah. gathering and. I can see like what Edwin said that it like comes like you do that because in a way it is scary to be in a, in a setting where you're different and it's less scary to be around people who are like you. Um, I, I actually experience I don't I want to say this is my defining moment, but I realized the importance of branching out this year because of the Black Lives Matter and everything that happened. I realized that it was Um, harder for me to find empathy for people who I didn't directly know in my life because I surround myself a lot of Asians I I remember when um, the ice thing happened and impacted a lot of my friends who are immigrants um, because I knew and I had friends in my social circle who were directly impacted empathy was instant empathy wasn't even a question Mm -hmm. and I was able to like feel for them and cry with them and pray with them and like I felt for them, but um, because for me, yeah, I don't have too many people outside of the Asian bubble. It was harder for me to empathize mm-hmm. um, with the other like social issues that are going on in our world. Um, so I feel like that's another like kind of pro to getting to know different people who are, who are different than you, is that you get to kind of empathize with people in a deeper level than just oh I'm sorry that sounds terrible but I actually know someone who's going through this um so Mm -hmm. I realized that I realized just the difference in in how I responded initially to like the Black Lives Matter because it was harder for me to like really understand or empathize with what was going on and um so I, I just saw like the significance of just knowing one person I will say one more quick thing to add, though. I do think that, at least for Asian Americans, it's almost cultural, I feel like, that we do. Because we're a community-first mindset. Like, and, and I think that plays a big part into like why we don't mm-hmm. branch out or like stand up and be individualistic, which I think America values a lot, which isn't like bad or wrong in any way. But I think part of it is like a little bit of like Asian American culture. And to like, you know, uh, not to stand out, uh, stick together, be one group and like operate together. And like, you know, it's a very communal feeling and like, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. I got you. Yeah. I don't know. I think when I think about my own life, it's a lot of like, you know, I feel like still to this day, not like 95% of all my friends are Asian like and it's kind of weird to think about it that way because it's like it's not like i actively have tried to not to or to have it be that way or at the same time i also haven't actively tried to make sure it isn't that way Mm -hmm. because i don't know it's kind of a weird thought because you know when you notice it and it makes you feel like you want friends of like a different background or ethnicity then it's kind of a weird thought to be like oh i must now go make friends that are not asian and it's just like it feels mm-hmm. weirdly disingenuous yeah. like oh this is just how it is but yeah, yeah. Cause it's not like i'm actively fighting it but i don't know maybe it just comes with location yeah. like i still go to a church that's well i guess that's different now i was gonna say mostly asian but like you know all my friends that i've kept up through my childhood and coming out of college are still mostly asian so yeah i i mean i definitely see the importance of Bratching out, learning more, you know, because that's just how the world works and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it also comes from being yeah. a place of like 
yeah, we're all Asian, but when I think about my Asian friends, it's kind of like we're not as <laughs> like Asian as like I would just assume in my head. We're all kind of like the mix of like like second gens, like first gens, like fifth gens and sixth gens and culturally like it's all becoming very, very different from, you know, like the kind of Asians my parents were or the kind of Asians mm-hmm. like someone else's parents mm-hmm. were. And I feel like there are slight nuances and changes in different cultures. And even if we are kind of like the same nationality or ethnicity, you know, it's there could be a lot of good cultural differences in between Mm -hmm. that just based on like how you grew up and like where you're from. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Hmm. I like what you said. I mean, sometimes even if you want to branch out, like you you might not necessarily be in a place to be able to. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, if it wasn't for, if, if I didn't take that job, like I probably wouldn't. Cause I mean, like after I left that job, I'm back to mainly seeing Asians, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at my new job. I mean, sometimes you just don't have the opportunity. Yeah. It, it also feels like sometimes like there's like a lot of societal, societal pressure to, um, like kind of what Nate said, like we're not trying to force these yeah. relationships, but like it, it's like there's pressure to mm-hmm. to understand, and and it might be hard to be honest because every I mean everybody's different. Like even within a, the Asian American community, there are things that people still don't agree with, uh, and, and you know. But I just think yeah, there, there's there's I feel like there's more and more societal pressure um, to like really 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 try and like. Man, not manufacturing uh, care, but like it's like there's a lot of pressure to make sure that you try your best to understand. And and I and I don't think everybody is ready mm-hmm. for that. Uh, some are, some aren't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I was just talking to my cousin the other day. Like, it's like I don't know what what we were talking about, but we were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, and he just pointed out like, yeah, I mean, like for my mom, it's like or people like like he's talking about his mom he was like yeah it's hard because like just the other day she got robbed by a person of a different race um and so it's like it was hard for even him to explain to his mom to try to understand because some people like all they know is like like all they know is like their bad experiences from people that's not like Mm -hmm. them so yeah yeah it doesn't yeah the desire to understand doesn't come as easily as we or yeah, or or at least straight. how society like expects you to, like I feel like they're like oh you can't you should, force yeah. understanding yeah. yeah like you should be able to understand this but no not really like everybody comes to a different understanding, and and some yeah. w- mm-hmm. may never or it just takes a lot yeah. of time and some may never yeah. like like your friend's mom like she she will probably have yeah. such a tainted memory and just always feel remorse, yeah. um and that's unfortunate yeah uh but that's like her experience you know and that that is what it is you know like it's hard (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time to heal those to heal those wounds but yeah Yeah. i I think like back to like what i was like saying earlier like it's there it, it makes it's like a step forward or makes it a little bit easier when you know someone who who identifies in that way so that Knowing at least like putting a face to someone, putting a name to a group of people that mm-hmm. so that not an entire like group is identified by like one incident. So there's like mm-hmm. there's like there's this power mm-hmm. in 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 opening yourself to different situations like you did when, Sam when you took that job. Um and in other ways that I think a lot of people are trying to do these days. In being more open to people, to different opinions, different views, and I—I I mean, I hope I feel like these mm-hmm. days it's a little bit hard to have a different view than everyone else. But I think people are mm-hmm. trying to be more open to different types of people. Yeah, I mean, to go off of what you said, I think something that I learned from my year as a barista mm-hmm. was that, like when you lay the foundation of developing relationships and friendships with these people right. that are different than you, like then the relate, then the, the 
conversations and like the learning of each other's differences like come after and they come a lot more easy easily and naturally because like once you actually know them and they know you and you're like you actually can consider yourself friends then like it's much easier to have those conversations and you actually become start to become genuinely interested in like how they're different and how they live their lives and then they start to become genuinely interested in like you and how you live mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. so. yeah and i love that that's like genuine and yeah. like not forced yeah. and i think that, yeah. that that takes time yeah like i it's it's never mm-hmm. going to be instant and if it is instant it's probably not genuine right and it feels like a transaction like what do i get from this from being your friend mm-hmm. oh i like can learn about this and i understand this but it's yeah. not like oh i don't really care for you like as a person then it's like i feel like that's even worse yeah mm. yeah yeah that's a good point i feel like that's a key that's missing in a lot of i think the conversations that are happening is like that genuine care like i care for you and that's why like mm-hmm. i want to know you and know what you're going through and and mm-hmm. yeah and not everybody cares so that's like another issue in itself yeah and you can't force someone to care mm-hmm. if they actively choose not to um but mm-hmm. that's just like the flip side of it yeah yeah um what about you guys um we spent <laughs> a long time talking about mine <laughs> Edwin, you want to go first? <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Okay, so mine is nowhere as near as deep as Sam's. Um, <laughs> um, but okay, this is just like one of the one of my like it's a pretty sharp memory that I'll never forget. Um, as a kid, I was very competitive, uh, but I also also like when you're a little kid, you're scared of a lot of things, and I was one of those scared kids. Um, like I would just always like keep my mouth shut and never really say anything and just like, yeah, I don't know. Just like, you know, keep your head down. Um, but so, so it's, so in sixth grade, uh, it has to do, it's, it's a story related to basketball. So it was my first time playing organized basketball and um, it was, the team had sixth graders to eighth graders. And I was like one of the youngest uh, kids on the team. It was like an organized rec league. And uh, I was subbed in. I remember I was like super nervous it was like my first time ever playing organized. Mind you, I was like five, like two, maybe even shorter. I was like really small. Um, so I like, yeah, just imagine little me running out of the court with like an oversized jersey. Um, and I remember uh, I was like so nervous because I like, as a kid, like I played a lot, but like, I don't, I, I would not say I'm like amazing um but i did play like a decent amount so basically uh the ball i get the ball at the top um of uh at top at the top of the three-point line and i had an open shot and uh i was like oh okay i'm gonna shoot it <laughs> so this is my first shot uh checking in and uh in a in it and i airballed it i didn't even hit like uh the rim and i like and and i remember this moment uh <laughs> between like one of the oldest players on the team like he gave me a really really dirty look and i just i i just felt like really ashamed oh, and no. like disappointed I, I i just felt like like crap honestly yeah like i felt really oh. bad um and i think like that's where no. like like a lot of my confidence just dived and like ever since and then like yeah and and i think like that moment i'll never forget because i think um like i still I feel like I still didn't choose to really like, you know how people, you have like a fight or flight like decision. I still decided to like flee because I feel like uh, even mm-hmm. though I continued to play every year, like I was still like a very like scared, timid, passive player because I, I would always just remember like those moments of shame where like, oh, I, I shouldn't like, like, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't want to be blamed and like looked down upon. And even I feel like mm. um, in high school, uh, mm-hmm. I was like still... I was still kind of like that. Yeah. Like I wasn't like the best player by no means. Um, but I think like, the, like that confidence, like was never there. I think for high school too. Like, I think back now, like I was like, yeah, I, I just think that that's one of the moments that if I think back and I look back, like I would just like be like, wow, like I was such a chicken, like, oh man, like I should have just like, I just sort of just sucked it up and just have been like walked it off, you know, but it's easy. It's easy to say when you look back um, because like, oh, I think when I got to college, yeah. um, that's was when I, when I, I think that was, I, I had the opportunity to like 
be confident and grow into myself and who I really was. Uh, but I think like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like college has helped me a lot like to develop as a person and like confidence wise. Uh, but I think like, I, like I wasn't always like that. I think, cause I think growing up, like I always remember that shame and even in high school, like I was never like the most yeah. confident. That was my like fight, fight or flight moment. I think I remember. And now like, now like I'm like always ready to fight, mm-hmm. you know, like, because <laughs> Is that why you do all the trash talk? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Expose, that's what we do. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I just think like, like, yeah, I, I think I always want to, you know, this is not just like basketball. Like I, I really do want to give everything that I have and like not shy away ever again and like be ashamed of trying or like, you know, just like sulking. Like I feel like the worst thing you can do is try. So like, uh, I should give it, you know, hundred percent, hundred and ten percent, if I can, because um, I feel like I didn't really do that as as a younger kid ever since that, you know. Mm-mm. But yeah, nice. That's my little defining moment. Um, that was not. You made it sound, seem like you're gonna share like a really like <laughs> not lame, but like not cool one. Yeah, but that was you, good. You've never Thank airballed you. again, right? <laughs> I like that. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is so wrong. I'm sure there's people listening who are like, dude, Edwin's trash. But hey, it's all good. At least I can be trash and still shoot it and smile. <laughs> wait, wait, fit it. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up with how 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 um it impact how how your like playing basketball is now. Like you started with basketball. What is your oh, basketball now? like um, now? And also, do you still carry that guy's like yeah. dirty look with you now when you play? Like, does that no, fire no, he, you up? No, he's the one who gives out you know, dirty looks. He's changed. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You know, actually, um, a lot of people have like trashed on my left hand in college. Um, mm. Like, they just say I can't go left, but uh, I mean, I've I've been working on it a lot since college, so I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it. But I just feel like every time like they talk trash about me, I just try to get better in that specific area so that. I can prove them wrong. I don't know. Like fuel. But yeah, how has that how's that impacted me yeah. now? Uh I don't know. As Sam alluded, uh I, I do talk a little on the court. I mean, I think basketball's <laughs> half a mind game and then half, you know, ability. Um because I don't know, I feel like yeah. Mm. Most people can make shots, but it's like about like you know, I don't know, like being mentally in the game and like being tougher than your opponent mentally. Obviously, there's like the physical aspect, but I don't know if, yeah, maybe my, my mental has gotten a lot tougher. Uh, physically, I, I'm not like the biggest or strongest or tallest. So obviously, like that's not something I can carry. But I mean, yeah, maybe maybe it has toughened up my mentality a lot. Mm. Uh, maybe that's how it's impacted me. Um, not just on the, on, on the basketball court. I just think in like other things in life, like new projects, um, you know, work, like just, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty tough. <laughs> thank you thank you i try really hard even though i'm really not yeah you give you give pretty good dirty looks <laughs> <laughs> all right what, what about you nate what about you mm, tell us yours defining moment I, I was i was just thinking about this one it's kind of weird because it's not like like one moment but it's definitely this this one class i had my freshman year in high school it was a uh, it was an art class and we were seated in, in this art class. We're all seated in like these tables of like four. And like you just sit next to these people for the whole year. And uh, I don't even remember this this one guy's name. He was in my table. He was a senior um, just in this beginner's art class for some reason. I forgot his name. But man, he was it was weird because I came in and he was so annoying. <laughs> like he was like he'd come in and like we didn't. <laughs> I told him a name and stuff and like he'd just be like joking around so much and like just poking fun at me and then was, I remember this uh like all, mm-hmm. even like these other people at the table like, or this other like junior at this table I don't remember her name either but she was like oh what are you doing like leave this freshman alone this poor boy and stuff like that but like oh I think like over the the whole school year just <laughs> it was like more fun and then I kind of just kind of got that he was joking and he was just this clown in class and he was always messing around and making lame jokes and like ditching class and like trying his hardest to do every assignment wrong. And I'm like, what's up with the senior? I'm like a freshman. So I'm like, what's up with the senior? And like, are, are all seniors like this? Like, why are like, 
Do they not want to graduate? What's up with these guys? I don't know. It was kind of like this weird experience where I think he was always like, I think anything he said would always put me a little bit on edge because, you know, you didn't really know where he's going to go with it. But I think he slowly became like the fun part of class, I would say. Like he would always be the first one to crack a joke. He'd be the first one to just be very lax about things and never worried about any deadline. And he was always like this one time we'd be talking about, I think we both tried to pick up playing guitar like independently from each other but just so happens it was the same and he'd be like oh you haven't even played the guitar i played for six hours look at my fingers bleed and i'd be like i only practice for 30 minutes and i'm tired and he's like oh you're never gonna get anywhere in life like you better get going now boy and i was like oh this, this dude is a clown but i don't know i think it was a lot of fun and i think over the years i don't want to say i'm more like him now than i was but i think Sometimes I am that clown, and sometimes I am that very laid-back guy. Manifested. Yeah. So I don't know. I think when I look back to it, I think I just like this guy was kind of weird, and I'm sure he wasn't intentionally like this, but I don't know. I think it just kind of drove me to be a little bit more lax. You know, just thinking like, as a senior, you can kind of do this. You can still have fun, and you can still get into schools you like and whatnot. So just kind of like in life, I think I've grown up to be someone. Maybe, I don't know if it's directly from him, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but I think just from that moment, it's just learning just to be more lax, not take things too seriously. It's okay to be have fun and it's okay to joke around and, you know, things will be okay. And yeah, I don't remember his name, but that dude was a clown, but I'm a clown <laughs> too now. So full circle. So do you feel like, do you feel like he impacted your sense of humor? I think so. I, I, I probably definitely kind of got like the the kind of mean joking around where you, you just poke fun at people, but you don't really mean it, but people can't really tell. Mm. I think I may have gotten that from yes, him. Yes, that is you. Yeah. That is... Oh, and, my goodness. That <laughs> is always always keeping people on their toes. Like, I think sometimes yeah. I do that unintentionally. Oh, just give me a dirty look next time. I'll just get the right <laughs> message. I hate you. <laughs> But yeah, wait. I I feel like when you're joking though, I can you can tell. Like uh, I don't know. That's just for me. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm too sensitive. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm too sensitive, so I joke like that. You know who knows? Ooh, to who mask knows? those emotions that you've been suppressing. Oh yeah, mm. that's a pretty good move. I think mm. it works. <laughs> wait, were you like pretty uptight before? Oh no, not at all. I was a. I was a terrible Before kid. Before you met I this was, guy, I was the one picking fights and like <laughs> okay. getting yelled at, breaking every rule. I was, I was more like that, but I think I mellowed out once I hit high school. Yeah, it's a lot less rowdy. I like kept the chill. I was just like, but I wasn't like picking fights with everyone and stuff like that. Yeah, you were picking fights. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine that. that. You're so calm. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Just lax. Well. Mm-hmm. Shout out to art class freshman year, or you know. Yeah, so it happened. <laughs> so that guy just helped you add humor your to your. You took bits and pieces like, of him that now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, you. you can pick on people verbally instead of physically. This is great, and and that's <laughs> what I learned. <laughs> that's what you learned. Yeah, just kidding. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's not like I, I looked up to him, but I think as a freshman, I was just like. This guy's got the right idea. I kind of want to do this more. Wow. Yeah, he was he was weird though. He really did manifest a little it. bit. Yeah, just yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like when you're younger, you just pick up on I things. Like as listening. a freshman, you you like strive. Oh, I hope he isn't. I don't even know who. I don't remember his name. So if you're out there, guy, maybe this, maybe this Sam knows you. him. If you went, if you I'm gonna go dig in my yearbook after you this. Remember picking on a freshman in high school. Yeah, I mean, he was fun. Nate, I mean, Nate will write you a thank you card. Don't worry, I'm gonna look at the yearbook after. I mean, I think the, the way he was, he talked to me <laughs> when was kind of it's kind of the same way. I think I talked to like like kids when I help out like leading like Sunday school at church or like when I do day camp as a camp counselor. <laughs> I think I'm that guy, and the same way he was with me, like with the kids. Hopefully, they're not like hurt. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're all great and chill and have a great <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It was fun. I mean, most importantly, <laughs> let's hope, let's hope. I had fun. So, you know, maybe they'll oh, have fun too. That's the most important part. <laughs> it is. 
if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? You know? Okay. Unless you got to pay the bills. Don't don't hurt the kids. Hmm. Yes, for for the children. (laughs) Okay, I was debating on two different stories, but I'm going to choose one that I don't think anyone here has heard. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing. It's not Edwin Um, making fun of you? No, not this time. <laughs> oh, not, not, not this for time? the third time. Not, not the third time he's made fun of you. That much. <laughs> that much. <laughs> Clarissa bullies me more than... Ugh. Go ahead. I'm Go ahead. I'm hiding it. <laughs> no um, okay, worries. so um, I think I mentioned this earlier in another episode, but I'm an Enneagram 9, um, so I'm a peacemaker. One of the greatest fears of a peacemaker is that um we feel like our presence doesn't matter so um as i was preparing for this episode i was like okay why why do i feel that way like what led me to feel like my presence doesn't matter because i i would say i come from a a loving home i have a brother so um i didn't but i didn't feel like my parents were like showing favoritism so it was really hard for me to pinpoint it but as i kind of reflected a little bit more I just I realized that this is probably a defining moment of my life in leading me to one of my greatest fears. And so this story begins in preschool. Um, Happiness Hills on the hill of Castro Valley. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I really loved monkey bars. Um, and we had a monkey bar in the school that was like the shape of a W. So it was like a really big monkey bar. Um, and so you could lay on top of it, you can climb on top of it, you can climb down on the bottom of it. It was a pretty cool obstacle. And something that I enjoyed doing was I loved like soaking up the sun on top of it. Um, and it's like kind of like letting my like my butt <laughs> hang on the bottom and my arm and leg just like on top, like holding myself. But it was a really comfortable position because I think I was so small. Um, so one day I fell asleep on the monkey bars. <laughs> Oh no! And then I and then everybody went in <laughs> for class or for nap time or whatever, and no one noticed that I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and did you have friends? I did have friends. Okay, well, but yeah. I don't. I just remember because waking if you up didn't, and everyone was gone. You know, like, you know, if you were like, you know, just more like to yourself, like it makes sense. You fell asleep and then, you know, that's. Mm, I think I was normal. definitely more, more introverted. Well, her, her. I was definitely more introverted because I remember yeah. preschool was where I learned English. <laughs> so I actually didn't know English before mm. preschool. I kind of like my toddler days were filled with Indonesian. And so I didn't mm. learn English until preschool. But I did have friends, but I was definitely more introverted. I just remember feeling so sad because i woke up and everybody was gone and the worst part was that i peed my pants and oh no so i was i felt like i was doing like a walk of shame in a way where i was like walking in and everyone was already inside or playing and stuff and i had to walk in and go up to the teacher who didn't even notice i was gone and tell her that i peed my pants on the monkey bar wow (laughs) sounds like a nightmare the teacher should have noticed to be honest that's a red flag i know yeah dude it's the teacher's fault yeah the teacher should have noticed um i think there were just there were a lot of us in the class um maybe maybe i was just like the more quiet one so and i'm I'm, i tend to be like the more obedient one so people don't usually have to worry too much about me um but it just so happened that day yeah i I just felt completely forgotten (laughs) and i you know now i think about this i I really never shared this anyone because i feel like i completely blocked it out Mm. of my memory until i started to think about more of like why why do I fear like not you know people why do I fear people not realizing that I'm there that my presence doesn't matter in a room um I guess the fear of mine is that I will be forgotten by people and that's why I need to like make up for it with a a kind personality or you know other things um so Mm -hmm. yeah that's something that's interesting I had to uncover Mm. yeah I did not know you had to you, like you learned English in preschool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned. But my mom yeah. says that I learned in like a week. <laughs> Whoa, the English language. 
the English. Yeah, I learned how to communicate in English in like a week. Wow, I went from zero. That's really impressive. To oh my god, like being that's really like, impressive. I started answering everything in English. That's crazy. Yeah. Whoa! What a great preschool. Wow. I need to. I need to go to that preschool. Except when, when the teachers re- didn't even realize one of their kids just fell asleep on the monkey bars. <laughs> yeah. Is that not <laughs> a big? That's a small <laughs> detail. They know where they are. I mean, I okay. On the for, monkey bars. Um, I don't know how long it was. Like, I don't. I didn't have a watch on me. No phones back then. Um, I have no idea how long I was there. It could have been just ten minutes. Hey, a lot can um, happen in ten minutes. <laughs> I just know that I woke up and everyone was gone, and I and my I peed my pants. Mm. <laughs> that makes it all worse. I know. Do you feel like you are worried about being forgotten enough, forgotten about now because of that specific moment, or or that's just like one of the things? I think that's like one of the things that led me to to feel like if I am if I if I stay quiet for my whole life. I, I need that's why like nowadays even now like working at my company um one thing I'm always constantly thinking about is how do I make my voice heard how do I make sure that I'm not just like getting taken advantage of or getting stuffed under the rug because I'm so down for everything mm-hmm. and um and like willing to work hard so I'm always thinking how do I make sure that I'm not just like become like a shadow in the mm-hmm. company that no one realizes is there when when's the last time you felt forgotten? Ooh. Wow, that was deep. I was gonna ask when's the last time oh, you peed man. your pants, but okay, Edwin, that's a good one. <laughs> I can answer both. Um, the oh no, first it's one... a quick one. It's okay. <laughs> the first one probably in oh water. There's a water boom, which is like a water park, and then <laughs> oh gosh, um... that could be the answer for both of them. I feel like you know. And... <laughs> And the second Edwin's question, that's a really good question. Um, honestly, I think sometimes during this pandemic, mm. I feel like post-grad life is challenging in the in the way that you're, you're not surrounded by your, your closest friends all the time. And sometimes my world just feels like my family. Um, so I guess sometimes I wonder if, like, am I being forgotten? Or, like, did I, am I being forgotten by my closest friends or... Um, yeah, or even like people who are still at school. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that's Actually. a good question, though. Uh, Sam, thank you for coming on to our podcast. You know, we're very thankful and excited that you're able to share a little bit about your defining moment and kind of just what you do. Um, so we usually ask our guests, like our like outro question is is uh what is one like one tip or a bit of advice you would give to the next generation of asian americans and if there's like any other projects that are that you're involved in or any um, businesses that you may be a part of or what are some cool things that are coming up you can feel free to share with uh, our listeners i'm sure they would love to explore a little about what you do and you know get to know you a little more Mm-hmm. And, and specifically advice within like like someone who's thinking about getting into the same industry as you are oh okay that makes it a lot easier for me to answer because <laughs> i had no idea what i, I was gonna say poorly, <laughs> before question. you said that it's okay <laughs> i think no i think i i just think the general question was like too general like it could have gone in like a million different ways but i think um yeah i could talk about like to somebody wanting to go maybe the non-traditional like career path um I don't know I would say like I mean I, th- I guess it comes with a lot of not a lot of sacrifices like I, it's not like my life's really hard but I mean it comes with certain sacrifices if you choose to go the non-conventional way and a lot of the times I think um if you're or I I think a lot of the times maybe like people around you might not be so like supportive of it because it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I battled that a lot when I spent my year as a barista because like even my parents and like a lot of like family and relatives and stuff, when I told them, when, when they asked me like, Oh, what are you doing after you graduated? You know, you have like this bachelor's bachelor's degree. And then I was like, Oh, like I'm a barista. And like, 
I definitely got oh. responses that were like, oh. what are you doing <laughs> like, <laughs> with your life? Yeah. You have a food yeah, science Yeah, like, what are you doing with your degree. life? <laughs> and you're a barista? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was definitely, like, unspoken, like, judgment, I think. Um, and I just had to, like, fight through that. And I had to, like, recenter myself on, like, what just remember what I love to do and like what what I'm good at and focus on that and like not focus on like people that are not that supportive and I I think I think sometimes people who are not like they have good intentions and sometimes they what they say do have value but um in my situation you know you just Mm -hmm. have to take it all with a grain of salt and stand for what you want to do you know I think I just hear a lot of people who love who really have passions and like they really want to do something that is like not conventional and a lot of people that I talk to like I think a lot of them are Asian American but they a lot of them are not in the career path that they um really are passionate about and it makes me sad because it's like you know a lot of it is because like oh the pay is not that good and like or it's not that stable and I think it's a very uh, Asian and maybe it's an Asian thing to think or maybe it's just a human thing to think um, but I don't know I think it's worth pursuing I don't know because I mean if, if it makes you happy and you feel like you can really live out like what what you were made to do like then you should do it like you should take the risk um, and I think it's like more worth it in, in that way mm. so I guess that's what I would say Wow, go me! I just made that, that was up. Good. <laughs> oh, you, you, you didn't make it up. <laughs> it was yeah. there all along. Nate's, yeah, there is there is no secret <laughs> ingredient. Nate, Nate pulls it out of you. <laughs> no secret ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I mean, like what I'm working on now, I am. I'm still doing my own like baking business on the side. Mm-hmm. It's like very unofficial, but. I have an Instagram. Um, it's Salt and Light Baking Co. on IG, and I think that looks pretty legit. It's more legit than my business really is. It is a legit business. <laughs> I, think. I can testify um, as a customer and... that eats her samples. Yeah. <laughs> Small business ish. <laughs> um, and then, uh, guys pastries are coming to boba guy stores in the bay area and i'm helping wow. do that so i'm pretty excited about that's that exciting too. Mm. that's so exciting yeah those are the main things i'm involved in and you also had like a a pop-up yeah right this during the pandemic yeah. oh Tell yeah when yeah yeah, be yeah. Back. i did a dessert tasting potluck i'm a potluck <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's an easy business to run <laughs> Oh, <laughs> bring your own <laughs> yeah i know i don't even need to supply anything <laughs> um i had a dessert only pop up with my friend who's also in pastry mm-hmm. um he also went to cal poly um and we had one but then the what happened oh but then we both got offered the job that we are at mm-hmm. now um i mean because the venue that we had our pop-up at like that's that's the restaurant that we're working at now. Oh. So like the chef like saw us do our pop up and then he he um approached us with this job offer. Wow. So that's how we got this job. Um but yeah, we had a pop up and then we're not doing it anymore because it's on hold mm-hmm. for now until um our roles are more stable and then eventually we'll be able to use the cafes that we build like to do our pop up. So it'll it'll come back eventually. Is there is there any where we can follow it? I would usually post on my Instagram and then my friend would also post on his Instagram. Um, his Instagram is, he does like beautiful stuff. Like he does like really fancy schmancy fine dining desserts. Like like I had so much pressure doing the pop-up with him because I was like, oh my gosh, like everything <laughs> that he does is perfection. Like I can't, literally I felt like I was way in over my head the entire time, even after doing it. But his his Instagram is Dynasty. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. Can someone, what are those hand signals? I don't, we didn't practice these. I don't know. Can someone finish? <laughs> you you got mean, us halfway there. You just wrap it up. Yeah, you, no, were, no. you were, you were wrapping it up. 
I can't. I I forgot how to do it. Shoot it. Oh. Don't don't be afraid to air vol. Come on, Edwin. Yeah, uh, you got this. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Sam, for your time. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, spending time with us and just getting uh, getting to know you a little better and catching up. Uh, we will leave all um, her links and medias in the description, and we'll tag her on Instagram. Um, but yeah, we're excited um, to continue and thank you sam for coming on and uh as always um feel free to follow us on instagram at almost all a dot pod um and we are going to be releasing uh our power episodes and we're super excited about those um we have a little information on our instagram but i guess uh just to give a little quick summary We'll be releasing, uh, well, we're aiming for the season to release two episodes a month. So one with a guest or a longer extended uh, episode. And then um, another episode that's geared towards, you know, uh, more relevant and quick. And uh, so that we can uh, get more, a little more raw content and uh, for us to connect with you guys better. So keep an eye out for those power episodes. And yeah, we hope to see you on the next episode. Bye. 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 Have a good one.